Hello, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor. And I'm Carson Vasquez. I'm a private pilot. And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial. So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off. Today we're going to discuss something I talk constantly about with different students, and that's currency versus proficiency. In the FARs, 6157 talks about currency, but a lot of people don't talk about is proficiency, which is not a natural regulation, but it is something that you should think about quite often. Because currency and proficiency are kind of the same thing, but they're also very different. So Carson, what is currency? And tell us a little about that. So currency is the regulated thing. And when it comes to flying, it's important to understand the difference between being current and being proficient. Uh, So being current means that the pilot has met the minimum flight experience and currency requirements that are set by the FAA in order to legally act as a pilot in command. Uh, So for example, to maintain day currency, uh, you as a pilot, you have to have three takeoff and landings to a full stop within the previous 90 days in order to legally act as PIC of an aircraft. It has to be of that same aircraft category, class, and type. So if I do my three landings in a Cessna 172, I have to do it again if I'm going to go fly Beechcraft Duchess. And a little bit similar to at today currency, to maintain night currency and carry passengers at night, you have to have three takeoffs and landings to a full stop at night. And again, this only applies to the same aircraft, uh, aircraft of that same category, class, and type. So it ensures that you as a pilot have maintained a basic level of proficiency in the aircraft and you're familiar with the procedures required to safely fly it. Uh, so, Brian, aside from the day and night currency, I know there's a bunch of other requirements, some of the other ones that FAA sets for VFR currency. Yeah, absolutely. Well, just a couple more things on that. So, yes, you have to do it in the correct category and class, uh, things like that. So, an airplane, single-engine land, or multi-engine land, single-engine sea, multi-engine sea before you take uh, passengers, those types of things. So, that is correct, but also... If you fly a tailwheel, you need to do landings to a full stop, and that's day or night. So on tailwheel, it's a little bit different as well. And then on top of that, I wanted to specify something that that not too many people talk about, but that is uh, the difference between a full stop landing uh, and a full stop taxi back. They're the same exact thing. Or stop and goes. So what I do is whenever I'm doing night currency, uh, as long as traffic will allow it, I'll do stop and goes because technically you've come to a full stop on the runway, and then you can take off again. So those will uh, correlate with the uh, nighttime or even for tailwheels, they they correlate with the correct regulation. You've done a full stop and then you've went again. Uh, You just didn't have to take all the time and taxi back. Now, if that's what your school or your instructor's uh, preferences to to full stop taxi back, then obviously do that, especially if you have a short runway. Uh, But that's how I maintain my, my currency. Another thing is a flight review. Um, a lot of people call them uh, BFRs, biannual flight reviews, but technically the FAA has changed the name of that a, a few years ago, I believe, to flight reviews, which you have to do every two years. You need a minimum of one hour of ground and one hour of flight time. Now, this can be different depending on what your proficiency level is, because you may only need an hour on the ground and an hour in the flight training. And that's only if you're you're really flying all the time and you know your airplane really well. But some people, if you haven't flown in a few years and you need to get a, a flight review again, it could be 10, 20 hours before you're really feeling good in the airplane again. Um, could also be just a couple hours. So really a flight review's minimum is one hour ground, one hour of uh, flight, but it could be as much as you need. Also, if you're a flight instructor, you need to get a flight instructor refresher course or commonly known as a FERC uh, done. I actually just completed mine this week, so I get another two years. 
And uh, because mine was set to expire in uh, 3 of 23, now it's set to expire in 3 of 2025. Uh, so I'm at least a flight instructor for another two years and one month, luckily. And those are kind of the things that, that are needed. Yeah. So at least you have another two years, one month of uh, harassing students, but also teaching them how to be pretty great pilots. So I turned out pretty okay. And it's uh, pretty expensive and not a fun process of doing a check right again if uh, your CFI certificate expires. So it's important to keep those up. And again, with flight reviews, uh, something that is also not talked about is you have to be signed off. Um, so if the CFI doesn't sign you off after that flight review, it, you have to continue doing it uh, until you do get that sign off. So there is a minimum one hour flight, one hour ground, but again, some minimum might take you a little bit longer. So it's good to set expectations, especially if you haven't flown in a while. And it's important to note that being current and being proficient, they're not mutually exclusive. A pilot can be both current and proficient. But it's also pilot possible for a pilot to be current but not proficient. And it's the responsibility of you as a pilot to ensure you're current and proficient before you act as PIC of an airplane. So obviously it's important to be proficient. But how do you stay proficient, Brandon? What, what do you tell your students to do, uh, especially once they you know, fly out of the nest and you're not just their CFI anymore? Yeah, being proficient goes way beyond just meeting the minimum currency requirements set forth by the, uh, the FAA. It means that a pilot has a thorough understanding of the aircraft, its systems, and procedures required to safely fly it. A proficient pilot can handle unexpected situations such as engine failure, make quick and informed decisions on to ensure the safety of the flight. Uh, a proficient pilot is also able to fly the aircraft with precision, accuracy, and all things necessary like instrument flight navigation, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, this can be achieved through regular flight training, practice, staying up with the latest regulations, procedures. Uh, you can also use the uh, FAA safety website. Uh, FAA safety website can keep you up to date on on all sorts of different things. And I would I would go check it out. Just Google FAA safety, and uh, you can log in there, and you can get what's called wings credit. And it actually can lower your insurance in in some some ways if you have uh, if you have your own aircraft. I've got a lot of FAA wings credit and. Honestly, once you get your FERC done for flight instructors, you actually get wings credit for that too, as long as the FERC provider is a uh, authorized uh, provider uh, on that system. So I would I would do all those different things. Yeah, so there's a lot to it. Uh, pretty cool that you can get yeah you know, credit for uh, for doing more of the courses and being a safer pilot. And there's something that I'm not really able to talk about too much, and it's uh, IFR currency. So I'm not instrument rated. So this is definitely something that I refer to Brandon and other CFIs when students ask me about this. So Brandon, where are the IFR currency requirements and, and how does that go? Yeah, so IFR currency is interesting and it gets really complicated for most people when you try to explain it. So I'm going to try to just dumb it down and I'm not going to get into the weeds with it, but I'm going to try to make it pretty straightforward and simple. Essentially, within the last six months preceding the flight that you want to do, so if you want to do a flight today in instrument conditions or file IFR, uh, you need to do at least six instrument approaches. Uh, you need to have done holding procedures and tasks. So it says in the reg, actually it says holding procedures with an S. So that means you need to do more than one hold, at least to be competent and proficient or Possibly not proficient, but at least current. See, we even get it confused every once in a while too. Uh, and then you also need to intercept and track courses using navigational uh, electronic systems. So that can be uh, tracking a VOR. It could be tracking a uh, GPS T route or, or something like that. It could be, could be any of those things. It could be flying a Victor Airway. Uh, you name it. So if you miss out on that six months, you need to, 
to go do it with a uh, with a safety pilot uh, and get current again. And you can do that with a safety pilot in, in VFR conditions. Now, if you wait over a year, essentially a year, then you need to go get what's called an IPC, an inf- instrument proficiency check. And you can get that from a CFII. And uh, they're basically going to do kind of the same thing as that flight review, but they're going to be doing it all on instrument procedures. And they're going to be doing at least an hour of ground and an hour of flight. Uh, and I I need to double check the regulation, but I believe it's six uh, instrument approaches they need to do with you there as well. Uh, so, and they also need to do the holding procedures and intercepting tracking courses. They got to do all that stuff. Those are all things that you would do to get current in instrument, but being proficient uh, in IFR is a way different story. Uh, I can tell you this, I live in Southern California, so we don't have that many cloudy days. If we do have cloudy days, it's probably like thunderstorms or something, or they're really, really low and it's like fog or something like that. We don't get that many IFR days that we can actually go fly. And besides just those, if we do get an IFR day that we can go fly, it probably has icing conditions just two, 3,000 feet above us. So we can't go fly in IFR anyways. So I don't get to practice flying in the clouds that often. I try to. Every time it's a cloudy day that I can go fly IFR, I try to go fly. But there's many other pilots that are way better at IFR than I am because they get to fly it way more often. I wouldn't call myself extremely proficient at IFR. I consider that I'm competent with IFR and I am proficient enough to fly IFR as long as the ceilings are are a little higher. I don't know if I would go jump in an airplane and fly to minimums right now. I don't think uh, that's my comfort level at this very moment. Maybe if I did a few more instrument approaches and under the hood or something, I'd probably feel okay about it. But like I said, I don't do it enough. Uh, so it's also a good thing to kind of look at yourself inside and find out if if you can actually, you should really do this. You need to ask yourself, use that PAVE checklist, the I'm safe checklist, all the things we've talked about in previous episodes. Those are all really, really important. And Carson just passed me a note and he asked, do check rides count as a BFR or biannual flight review? Uh, the answer is yes. Uh, so every time you do a, uh, a new check ride, so if you had your private and you did that one day and then a year and a half later, uh, you do your instrument check ride, your clock now starts for another two years from that date that you have your instrument check ride. So it'll reset the clock. There is confusing information on whether or not a flight instructor check ride counts. If I were you, I wouldn't count that as the flight review. I would just do another flight review. I've talked to a lot of DPEs and they seem confused on this. So there probably needs a letter of interpretation done on this in particular. Uh, So I just err on the side of caution and I'll do the flight review in addition uh, to that CFI check ride, personally, I, at least that's what what I would do. So there, there's a lot. Obviously, it goes into staying current and staying proficient. Uh, it's a lot easier to stay current. It's just following the rules, uh, going through the regulations, and, and knowing exactly what you need to do to maintain currency in whatever rating you have. Uh, being proficient, like we talked about, it's it's a whole other beast. Um, it's something completely up to your comfort level and what you decide to do. And that's something we talked about our last episode too. Aeronautical decision-making. Should I go and do this flight if I haven't flown uh, flown this plane for six months? Probably not. But the boundaries for currency and proficiency, they're not always quite in line. So even if you have more experience and feel comfortable having those longer gaps between uh, your flight experience, everyone has a limit where their currency and proficiency don't really match up. And that's when it's time to go fly with the CFI. Someone that is proficient, someone that is current, and as a pilot, there is such a thing as overconfidence. So always know your limits. 100%. You, there is such a thing as overconfidence. And uh, sometimes you have to check yourself, like I was just talking about a few minutes ago. Just know what your limits are. 
go fly with a, a flight instructor every once in a while. It's not going to hurt your ego or anything. It's just going to make you a better pilot. And I think that's a really cool thing about aviation. Uh, most people kind of look internally and decide, hey, am I safe at this? Uh, because there's enough risk involved in, in flying. I mean, we're in the air in an unnatural environment. We're not birds. We, we just want to act like them. I hope you guys got something out of today. I always do whenever I'm starting to review regulations like like Regulation 6157, where recency of flight experience. Make sure you check that out as well. FAR 6157, you can just Google that and it'll pop it up with like uh, Cornell Law School's documentation. And that one's pretty accurate and real easy to read. Uh, but as always, if you'd like to reach out to either one of us, you can reach us at Twitter or Instagram. I am at Mr. Martini Guy, or you can reach Carson at Carson underscore AV17. And we also have our new emails out as well. So you can reach us uh, via email. Uh, you can either reach me at Brandon at AviationMentors.com, or you can reach Carson, Carson at AviationMentors.com. And as we wrap up for the day, remember, we're here to guide you in your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride. See ya. See ya.